Hello. I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fangs True Blood Podcast. Uh, this week we'll, we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 2 of True Blood, titled You Smell Like Dinner. Uh, firstly, uh, we have a shout out to Two Guys Talking Fangbanger Podcast, uh, another True Blood podcast out there. Yeah, we we uh, we got to thank them for discussing our podcast in their fan feedback video. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, one of the interesting things uh, about about this podcast uh, is that one of the guys has, has only seen season one and some of season two, but now he's reviewing season four, having not seen season three. Which must be really confusing. That, that must be some craziness. <laughs> but, you know, so it's a good podcast, so, so we'll, uh, we'll give a link to their site and you can check them out. Also, they, they do a lot of other podcasts. Yeah, they do, um, I believe they do Dexter, a Dexter podcast. Yeah, so when Dexter comes back, um, I think at the end of September, that is, season six starts. Season six. So uh, we'll start listening to their Dexter podcast. So, yeah, so thanks again, and um, hopefully we can... We can do some sort of collaboration, some, some transatlantic, transatlantic podcasting. Transatlantic podcasting. So stay tuned for that. Uh, okay, on to our recap of episode two. Okay, so Jason comes um, comes to hot comes to hot shop, and he finds that he is tied to a bed um, with young Timbo help helpfully licking the blood off his head wound. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Timbo. Uh, he persuades Timbo and Maggie to untie him, but before they do, Felton shows up and points a shotgun in his face. Um, and, and also, did you, did you notice the the Iron Maiden T-shirt? Yeah, we mentioned that last week. We did mention it, but well, I, we got a better view of it this week, didn't we? I, I realised it's they've done some albums, a real live one and a real dead one, Iron Maiden. But the, the whole concept was called Raising Hell, and that is the T-shirt. It's like a Steve Harris, the bass player, Eddie. So if that makes sense to your Maiden <laughs> fans out there, then good on you. <laughs> it's a lot of non-Maiden fans thinking, what? Up the irons, up the irons. <laughs> okay, over at Suki's place, uh, she's seriously pissed off about Eric buying her house, and uh, this is compounded by Eric's assumption that her legs will magically open for him. <laughs> Eric tells Suki that uh, she has come to terms with the fact that she's not merely human and that she needs protection, which uh, I believe is a running theme throughout the books. Is that right, Natalie? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's notable here that Suki is not, um, it's not, she's not afraid or intimidated by Eric, she's, she's just angry. She's just angry that he, he wants her and, and she doesn't. And Yeah, she, that he thinks she can be bought. Uh, yeah, because in the books, Eric is, is very generous towards Suki, and I mean, like, he gets her tar, he gets her drive tarmac and things like that for her. And what does he say to her? You're like, something like, you're... Sunshine in a pretty blonde bottle. In a bottle. pretty blonde bottle, yeah. <laughs> sunshine Using in a, the lines. Sunshine in a pretty blonde bottle. Yeah, so Eric's nice to, he's generous to Suki in the books, but he doesn't go as far as buying her house. <laughs> okay, so at Bill's house, oh, excuse me, at King Bill's house, um, he and Katarina are undressing in his bedroom um, as they discuss Katarina's sleuthing work at the ca- cavern. Uh, Katarina offers to call Bill's procurer, but he grabs her by the throat and says he'll give him the night off. It seems they're both into the throat, <laughs> Yeah, there's a job with perks. <laughs> yeah. Nice work if you can get it. Okay, so um, pre- uh, meanwhile, Jessica, Hoyt and Pam exit Fantasia um, to be confronted by a mob of Steve Newling clones protecti- protesting against vampires. Uh, Hoyt gets called a fangbanger and uh, he reacts angrily does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Pam holds Jessica back and tells her that, unfortunately, modern technology has taken all the fun out of being a vampire, since the humans can now film them in action and get them in loads of trouble, presumably. <laughs> I like the guy that's flashing his iPhone saying, I've got 720p <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the iPhone 4 stats yeah. there, mate. <laughs> um, Hoyt gets a good kick in for, uh, from all the Bible bashers. Um, we, pretty much we're seeing the repercussions of Russell Eddington's actions. Uh, remember that guy? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, several of the signs being held by the protesters uh, mention Russell by name, saying that all vampires are like him. Uh, also, something that's interesting is that there's an official Fellowship of the Sun website run by HBO. <laughs> and if you go on that website, we'll put a link to it on our site, um, but there's an appeal on it for sightings of Steve Newland, mm. saying that he's disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Oh. So I wonder if that will kind of come into play. I think that, very, yeah, I think mm. that will. <laughs> okay, so uh, meanwhile, Sam and Luna are naked in the woods after their horsey run. Um, so Sam, he, he thinks it's a good time to try out his moves on her. Yeah, you're both naked already. I can, I can see where he's going with this. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, she likes she likes the fact that he he was kept staring at her ass when she was a horse. Yeah, which is kind of <laughs> kind of weird, kind of odd. Uh, it seems that she falls for Sam's charms, uh, but then she kind of goes a bit reluctant and warns Sam that she has a past. So okay, this is Bon Tomp, Everyone's got a past. Um, she decides to terminate the conversation by turning back into a horse um, and running away. Uh, Luna does appear briefly in the books. She's a she's a shapeshifter in also in the books, and she's in book two where uh, she's a cleaner in Steve Newlin's church. Oh. Remember that the Fellowship of the Sun yeah. Church in Steve And when Sookie's captured by Steve Newlin, the whole thing with Eric and Bill turning up and Godric helping Sookie escape doesn't happen. It's this shapeshifter Luna who helps Sookie to escape. Oh, that's interesting. But obviously, but that's the only time she appears. She's not like in a relationship with Sam or anything. So she's she's not in the books after that then. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, so Suki gets all dolled up and her hair magically grows six inches. <laughs> How'd she do that? Is that a fairy trick? Yeah. <laughs> or is that bad continuity? That's bad, that bad hair extension continuity. <laughs> um, she makes the trip across the cemetery to Bill's place. Um, she's taken aback by how pimped out the mansion now looks. It looks good. But then she's accosted by a posse of armed guards who tell her only people on the manifest get to see the king. The king? Huh? King? Huh? What, Bill? <laughs> Upstairs, Bill is plowing Katerina into next week uh, when his spidey senses tell him that Suki is outside, so he radios down to let Suki pass. Um, Suki doesn't waste time investigating the splendid refurbishments, um, but she rather rudely waltzes into Bill's room to find him and Katerina getting dressed. I'll just wait downstairs, Suki. Yeah, I thought that was a bit nosy. <laughs> None of your business. Uh, Bill introduces Katerina as uh, one of his security team. <laughs> Uh, Suki's pretty annoyed, um, especially when she spies the fang marks on the redhead. Hmm, but is it is it any of Suki's business, really? I mean, she did she did break up with him a year ago, after all. Yeah, and he's a vampire. You can't expect him to live like a monk. Come no, on. come on. <laughs> okay, so meanwhile, Jesus and Lafayette are getting ready for bed. Um, Jesus is excited about the parrot resurrection, but Le- Lafayette is creeping out and thinks they're mess- messing with some bad juju. Uh, Jesus tries to convince Lafayette that it's all good and to embrace the magic. Hmm, hmm I don't think so. I think they have a little discussion about black magic and, and, and white magic, but because because they're good of heart, Jesus believes that they're not doing black magic, it's, it's kind of good white magic. Yeah, if, they, well. if, they, if, that's, <laughs> if that makes any sense we'll at all. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so Suki asks Bill um, for help getting her house back from Eric, um, now that Bill's king. Uh, uh, but Bill warns her that Eric has friends in high places, then refuses to tell her any more. Hmm. Shifty. He, um, he offers to try to come to an arrangement with Eric and advises her to find somewhere else to stay. Uh, Suki asks Bill how he became king, but before he gets a chance to answer, she tells him she'd rather not know. Uh, that's kind of ironic, because I think if, if he did answer and she found out, she'd be more sympathetic towards him. Yes, but maybe that's, that's coming later. Possibly. Uh, but um, Suki may not find out, but we do, thanks to a flashback. Yeah, flashback time. 
uh, we see Bill in London in 1982, and lo and behold, he was a punk. Punk Bill. Punk Bill. <laughs> we love Punk Bill. He should live like that. He should live like that all the time. That's a great image. So how, how would he have got to England in uh, in the 80s then? I'm guessing obviously they didn't have their their own airline in those days, the vampires, but their special coffins. I reckon you must have gone in like a storage ship or something. Sort of stowed away. Stowed or? away on a ship. That's my guess. <coughs> uh, punk Bill is a, an awesome sounding gig. Yes, he um, he craftedly swaps his full pint for an empty glass and heads to the bar. Uh, he starts chatting to the barman in a very convincing Cockney accent. <laughs> How does he pull that off? Um, and um, yeah, yeah, it, uh, it turns out that the barman thinks that Thatcher is a cunt, and Bill approves and takes him outside for some neck biting action. Uh, Bill doesn't kill him, but instead glamours him and tells him to forget everything, and heals his wounds. Uh, so the guy's going to be having some interesting, some interesting dreams in the future. Yeah, some, uh, some homoerotic dreams about Bill. And he'd be thinking, what the, huh? what the fuck? Uh, so the barman goes on his way, and then Bill is surprised in the alleyway by a very glamorous-looking Nan Flanagan. That's a good 80s image for Nan. I like her big shoulder pads. I like why they're both, the, why they're both bare their fangs at each other. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nan is intrigued by Bill's decision not to kill his prey. So obviously, um, that's quite a revolutionary thing that Bill's doing there. It turns out that um, Nanny um, is um, there on behalf of the authority. Um, she's headhunting for vampire spies and thinks Bill is a good candidate to infiltrate the vampire monarchy. Uh, she tells him that Victorian scientist Louis Pasteur is a vampire mm-hmm. and is working on creating a synthetic blood that vampires can live on. Oh. Mm. Louis, uh, Louis Pasteur died in 1895. Or did, did he? he? <laughs> Um, he discovered the vaccine for rabies and also invented the process of pasteurisation. Oh, so, interesting. So, cheers, Louis. <laughs> cheers for that. Uh, and the next morning, we finally get to see Suki back in her Malotte's uniform. It's, been, well, it's like the second episode of season three was the last time we saw her in the little hot pants. Uh, she apologises to Sam for not being able to tell him the truth about where she vanished to for a year. And he seems slightly less grumpy. But still mm. grumpy. <laughs> but still grumpy, but less. Uh, Arlene and Terry being pr- uh, bring pr- potential Dean baby Mikey into the bar. And Sam remarks that Mikey has Terry's bone structure. So obviously everyone is still oblivious to the fact that he's actually a serial killer baby. Arlene asks Auntie Suki what's happening in the kid's mind. Suki tells her he's an old soul. And Arlene goes ape shit. Terry blames the lack of sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, meanwhile... Andy arrives at Hotshot, looking to confiscate some V for his own personal use. Uh, Felton spies the sheriff's twitching hands and and recognises the signs of addiction. Him being a a V-addict himself. Yes. Uh, He smartly sends out Uncle Luther with a vial of V and Andy goes on his way without arresting anyone. Yes. I love love Uncle uh, Luther. Yes, I'll take this one again (laughs) for evidence. Thank you, I'll take this again for evidence. (laughs) I want to see more of Uncle Luther, he's cool. Um, Jason, meanwhile, is tied up in the shed uh, with psycho ex-girlfriend Crystal on top of him with a knife to his throat. (laughs) It didn't take long for that romance to go sour. She's a nice girl, that Crystal. (laughs) Okay. Uh, lucky boy Sam walks into his office to find Luna there in the world's tightest dress. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she tells him <laughs> she tells him that she wants to open up to him yes. and they kiss passionately. <laughs> get in there, Sam. <laughs> she um coyly says that she has to get back to teaching her class and she saunters out. Uh, probably leaving Sam with some major wood. <laughs> down boy, down. 
Uh, he walks her to the door, making sure that shit heel little brother Tommy gets an eyeful of him kissing her goodbye. <laughs> yeah, he, he makes sure that everyone sees him kissing her goodbye. <laughs> yeah, look at my new bird. That's it. Uh, Tommy is obviously jealous, um, especially as he can tell she's another shifter. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a bit of an indiscrepancy here with um, with the canon of the show because okay. uh, in season two, Sam could not sense that Daphne was a shapeshifter. Ah. Which I thought was weird because I thought, oh, surely they can tell. But obviously, Sam's learned that power. Hmm. And that's something that Tommy obviously knows. He's, oh, he's, yeah, he's well, he, yeah. Just, he grew up with his mum. Absolutely. Okay, so Terry. Uh, Terry tries to calm Arlene down and convince her that the baby is fine. She becomes transfixed by baby Mikey's eyes and starts to think they resemble the crazed maynad orgy eyes that everyone had in season two. But then suddenly, she bursts a blood vessel in her eye and swears that the evil baby did it. <laughs> I believe she said, mother fuck face. Which is, uh, <laughs> Shouldn't say that in front of the baby, come um, on. <laughs> uh, Terry is unconvinced, but, but did. Did the baby really have maynard eyes? I... Uh, I don't think so. He looked like he was smiling. <laughs> he was a cute baby, or was it just an evil, cute smile? Just a little cute, like a, a Stewie from Family Guy, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> the baby's got a game plan. Uh, at Suki's house, she's uh, bringing home the groceries well, when Tara sneaks up on her, inducing a very awkward flashback. Yeah, that's quite a scary little <laughs> second of flashback, wasn't it? Yeah, no, never sneak up on anyone in Bontom. There's some jumpy people around there. They are truly pleased to see each other, and Tara tells Suki. She wouldn't judge her if she was still with Bill. Uh, so it seems she's overcome her vampire hatred to some extent. Um, Suki is annoyed to find that Eric has bought her a microwave, a, a microwave oven as part of his attempt to get a shag out of her. <laughs> yeah, nice. They have a microwave. And then she's even more annoyed to find the fridge now contains a bottle of blood. And she pulls it down the sink, calling Eric a psychopathic frat boy. But the final straw... He's finding that Eric has built himself a cubby in her house. <gasps> he built himself a cubby <laughs> in my house! <laughs> and she decides to leave. Uh, in, in book one, uh, when Bill and Suki are together, he builds a, a place for him to sleep at Suki's house. Mm. Uh, so when it comes to this point in book four, there's no need for Eric to build a, a cubby hole because there's only uh, one there, the Bill Bill. Oh, okay. Uh, Jessica, uh, meanwhile, emerges from her own coffin space to find Hoyt nursing his bruises with a bag of frozen vegetables. She she offers to heal him, um, but he declines, saying he doesn't want that shit. Ooh, oh, Hoyt, come Jen, on! Jessica is obviously furious that he's insulted the vampire blood. Okay, I don't need that shit. <laughs> oh, come on, Doesn't Hoyt. Doesn't know the blood is sacred? Come on. Um, so Jessica takes his truck and heads for Fantasia. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, okay, meanwhile, Lafayette and Jesus are reunited with Tara. And they remark on her how much hotter she's looking since she started getting some Asian pussy. Yeah, she, um, I like her hair better in this season. Uh, they, nice. they invite her along to the Wiccan meeting. Uh, back at King Bill's house, Eric meets the king in his majesty's office uh, and declines to sell Sookie's house. Uh, and then Bill moves on to the business of the witches. Uh, both vampires are obviously very alarmed at the idea of witches being able to control the dead, and Agent Eric is dispatched to disband the coven. Eric questions Bill's authority, and Bill angrily denies that he has to have the American Vampire League approve his actions. I'm the king of Louisiana! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric sarcastically bows to Bill, which almost makes Bill laugh. <laughs> And, and you, can, you can kind of sense, even though you don't see his face, you can sense that Eric's laughing as he's walking away, can't you? <laughs> I love Eric and Bill scenes. They should have more scenes yeah, together. Just the, awesome. The, the anger. So, so, the, 
so do we think that Eric is not happy that Bill is now the king? <laughs> well, what's our feelings on that? I think, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of fans kind of think it's weird that Eric's like a thousand and Bill's <laughs> like 180 or something. And Bill's now superseded him in the hierarchy. But um, uh, I think in, in season two, um, uh, Suki asked Eric why Godric was not a king, even though he was 2,000 years old. And Eric did sort of say then that it's not to do with age. It's to do with them. Um, Contacts. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Exactly, yes. Okay, so now time for flashback number two. Um, we return to the season three cliffhanger where, where Bill challenges Sophie Ann to a death match and the pair of them levitate Matrix style before attacking. Uh, Sophie Ann throws Bill to the ground, uh, Sophie Ann throws Bill to the ground, but he has bought a SWAT team. Yes. Good move. They, they blow her to smithereens with wood. And silver bullets, uh, leaving Bill covered in gore. Were you disappointed that there wasn't more fighting? Um, not really, because Bill would have got squashed, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, but I thought he was going to get the shit kicked out of him first, and then and the SWAT team would maybe, turn up. <laughs> yes. So Nan turns up and expresses her satisfaction with Bill's work. Um, she asks him what is so special about sucker. And so Bill puts on his best poker face and tells her there was nothing there. <laughs> Nan obviously warns him not to lie to her. Then she proceeds to declare him king. Uh, Bill swears on the blood to serve the authority. Uh, so yeah, so now it makes more sense that Bill's king, doesn't it? So do we think he's gonna? Do we think he's gonna do a good job of being king? I hope so. I hope so. In, uh, I think in a lot of respects. Um, I mean, if the authority and the American Vampire League are trying to make vampires more endearing and less threatening towards humans, and I think he could do a good job in, in that respect. Uh, this this reveal is um, very significant, because this explains the basis for the entire show, really, doesn't it? Yeah, that and the, the punk flashback <laughs> together. Now we see exactly what the... Yeah. We can't get an idea of the vampire game plan and how long they've been planning. And it doesn't make Bill seem as seedy, or as kind of... Yeah, as snidey. As snidey, yeah. Because we know, yeah, he's a we, spy. We know why he's yeah. where he is. Because he's got some principles. And I, I like the way Nan said, now nah, nah, go and wash, you got Queen on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. Nice, nice. Uh, so Suki goes to Fantasia to try to, talk to, to, to try to talk Pam into convincing Eric to let her have her house back. Uh, Pam points out that she would never go against her maker, and she warns Suki that she is in danger if she doesn't say she'll be Eric's. Uh, and Je- I, I, I kind of believe uh, her. Yeah, I see their reasoning, yeah. But, um... Yeah, if Suki doesn't want to go with Eric at this point, then <laughs> it's kind of like prostituting yourself for your own pr- protection, isn't it? But he, d- he does buy her nice kitchen utensils. I mean, come on, he buy her <laughs> yeah, a microwave. Yeah, yeah and uh, he pulls good strings, Pam says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jessica also arrives at Fantasia, and she wastes no time in pinpointing a fangbanger and dragging him into the ladies' room. Uh, in the in the books, it's significant that. None of the vampires are capable of true mainstreaming, and it looks more and more like this is the case in the show too, because, oh. I mean, Jessica was trying to live solely off of Hoyt and has not been able to do so, and Bill was trying to live solely off of Suki, but he'd keep getting angry and attacking other people, so... Basically, they can't, they can't fight the... They can't purely just live off yeah. the true blood. I think... Oh, maybe Eddie. I think Eddie was the only vampire we've seen. Oh. Eddie. Oh. Eddie. <laughs> Okay, so over at the Witch's Coven, uh, Lafayette, Jesus, Tara and Holly are alarmed when Marnie tells them their next bit of necromancy is going to involve a dead person. Ooh, ambitious. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Some of the witch extras, however, think this is an awesome idea. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm yes. game. <laughs> I'm up for that. Let's raise the dead. Uh, 
uh, some of his shapeshifter buddies, meanwhile, have a little campfire and discuss the weirdest things they've ever shifted into. Uh, Luna shocks them by declaring that she turned into her mother. Um, she explains how she is a Native American and that there is a legend among her people of creatures called skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. Uh, who are like shapeshifters but with the ability to turn into other humans, which is gained by killing another shifter. Um, since, since Luna's mother died when giving birth to her, Luna now has this ability. It wasn't, I don't think they really made it clear whether she can turn into any human or if it's just her mother she can turn into. Or just someone that, that you've killed. Just the person you've killed, yeah. I, I, that's what I got from it. Yeah, so does this mean that we're going to see Sam kill his brother or his mum, do you think? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> was, or, but did Tommy hear, overhear the conversation, do you think? We know, we know, we know that Sam's... We know that we know that Sam's pissed off with his his mum and dad, but um, I don't think yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think he needs to kill. He them. doesn't need another superpower. No, and we'd, we'd miss uh, Mr. Mickens in his pants if. Oh no, he's not a shifter though. The dad. Oh no, 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 no! It's just oh. the mum. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes. Anyway, their cosy chat is interrupted by the scent of another shifter lurking in the woods. Um, Sam shifts into a bird and chases creepy little brother Tommy, who who feels like he's being left out of the Scooby Gang. <laughs> The brothers come to terms with the fact that they need to learn to trust each other if they can ever hope to have a relationship. Yeah, that's going to take some time, but I, could... I would not trust Tommy as far as I could think. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I think they could become a good partnership, good team. The Mickens brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, at Fantasia, Suki finds Jessica feasting on on a fang banger in the ladies' room. Um, she is concerned and she asks her if Hoyt knows. Jessica is defensive and criticises Suki for her treatment of Bill. Telling her that Bill is heartbroken over their breakup. Um, that's an interesting parallel with the, um, the scene with Pam. Um, both vampires will always side with their makers, isn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so um, while Tara calls her hot girlfriend from outside, uh, the Moon Goddess Emporium, um, sorry, outside the Moon Goddess Emporium, um, Eric does the super fast run into the shop. Scaring the shit out of all the witches. Uh, he asks for Marnie and she bravely steps up and attempts to negotiate with Eric on the disbanding of the coven. But he savagely bites her. Uh, the other witches start chanting and Tara comes in and tries to attack Eric. Go Tara! Go Tara! Uh, he's just about to bite her when Marnie suddenly goes all possessed again and starts chanting in Latin. Her, her face appears to change into that of a much younger woman. Mm. Um, Eric is left looking terrified and he runs away. Afterwards, Marnie doesn't appear to know what just happened, which is kind of interesting. That interesting twist on a on a villain. Um, yeah, because yeah, she's probably a nice lady. Do you think? Um, she you, seems like a, a. She's a nice lady. Yeah, I just think. being taken over by an evil entity. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I have a translation of the spell. Oh, go on. Um, now I command and admonish you, O oh evil spirit, to quickly depart from here. And from me, once you bring that money and from the circle depart, without any noise, terror, ruckus and stench, without any harm to me, either of soul or body, without hurting any creature or thing, and go away to the place appointed to you by God instantly and in a wink of an eye. Wow! <laughs> Did yeah. you translate that yourself? Yeah, that. That's fluent, your, your Latin. Fluent in Latin. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Jason is still <coughs> tied to a bed over in Hot Shots. And now things have moved up to a whole new level of crazy, as Felton and Crystal come in and strip off their clothes. <laughs> they, they explain that they are going to turn Jason into a panther so that he can impregnate Crystal and carry on their species. Um, J- Jason is understandably not happy with this arrangement. Especially as Felton's getting his clothes off as well. Yeah, even That's... the sight of Crystal's tits is not an incentive for him. Um, he's, he's especially unhappy when the, the brother and the sister shift into panthers 
and they take turns and start to eat him. Yeah, not what Jason had in mind. That was, that's some great special effects, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they, they were real. Pa- yeah, they were real panthers initially with the, the close-up shots. What sucking in on Jason's? No, the, C- the CGI <laughs> for the bits where they're eating him. That was really good, though. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It, it, it hurt at first, but don't don't fight it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what they were saying, isn't it? Uh, so when did the baby making start? They Oof. eat him and then rape him. Is that what's happening? <laughs> So if they, if, do they have to make babies as, as the Panthers, do you think? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to... Is that something we're going to see? What, panther-loving? Pan- panther-loving. <laughs> Next episode. Panther-loving. Uh, yeah, this storyline actually happens in book five, not book four. Uh, but it's just Felton that kidnaps Jason and bites him. Um, and Crystal's not a maniac. Is Crystal not a nutter in, in the book? No, she's a bit skanky, but she's not like a crazed drug addict loony woman. <laughs> Okay, so meanwhile, Suki is driving home from Fantasia um, when she is surprised to see Eric lumbering along the side of the road with his shirt off. Uh, she calls to him, but he doesn't recognise her and looks shell shocked. Then he catches her scent. This. Will he bite her? <laughs> Will he bite her? <laughs> this is the scene that starts book four. This is the first oh, scene okay. of book four. Oh, that's so interesting. For fans of the books, this was a nice thing to see. So, um,. Was, was, was this episode received better than the opening episode? Yeah, the I mean, I, I liked the first episode, but uh, there was criticism that it was more set up. And um, whereas this, this in this episode, you see things starting to develop. Now we know where everything, where everyone, everyone is a year later. Um, it's, it's, I think it's nice that there's not as many sort of peripheral, yeah, characters this season. Yeah, like um, there's no, no we've not seen Tara's mum and yes, or Lafayette's <laughs> Lafayette's mum or. And where's where's Sheriff Bud Dearborn? Ex Sheriff yeah. Bud Dearborn. I miss him. <laughs> Surely he still lives in Bon Toms. Yeah, I want to see him. Or I want to see him killed off at least, so we get another death scene. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we move on to the music? That's good. I thought I liked that one better than last week's one. Oh, thank you. Are you going to do different one every week? Different one every week, yes. Do a bass solo next week. Bass solo. <laughs> okay, so, so first up we have a, a singer called Zach Tempest and his song Dominatrix, which is played as Pam emerges from Fantasia. Yes, um, then we have Flying Lotus with Tom York, um, uh, an experimental artist from California, uh, collaborated with the, the Radiohead singer. And the song is And the World Laughs With You. And that was Jesus and Lafayette getting ready for bed, I do believe. Uh, then in the in the punk the punk band that we see in yes. the flashback, they're yes. called they are called Sea Spot Kill and they are a real band. They oh. are an unsigned American punk band. Oh. And um, their song Trash This Place, uh, they are playing in the club. Yes. Okay, next um, John Etkin Bell and Mike Farmer. Song called Lift off and make some noise. That's two songs. Two songs, yes. Um, and th- and that was the punky scenes, wasn't it? Yeah, when uh, Bill's talking to the guy at the bar. Yes. Uh, and then we have a, a guy called Tom Heyman, who's a singer songwriter from San Francisco, and his song Fat City is played when Suki's working in Malots. Um, then we have Eric Korn, who's a Canadian blues singer. Um, a song called Trampolines, and this is Sam and Luna in his office. Uh, Texan rock singer Canood, uh, his song Wheels Part One is uh, in Malots when Tommy gets all jealous of Sam's pussy magnetism. <laughs> uh, next up, Craig Campbell, um, a country singer from Georgia. 
a song called Family Man, and this is whilst Jessica is driving along with a hump in the truck. I like that song. I like yeah, that I like song. that song. <laughs> I like that song. Uh, DJ Aku Crack, which is actually two guys from Chicago, and their song Coming Down when Jessica's in the club. Um, and this one, this is the this is the best. Um, uh, Jinx, Titanic, and the Super Eight come shot. What a band name! <laughs> An outrageous punk band, and their song "You Smell Like Dinner," which was the closing credit. And obviously, the episode was named after. So okay, I believe it's now time for the what the fuck of the week. <laughs> Now, what the fuck of the week is... Felton and Crystal's Panther baby-making plans. Yes. Looking bad for Jason. <laughs> that, is a, that is a what the fuck, isn't it? Yeah, and how, how the fuck is it going to affect his police career? Is he going to be like a superhero, like Panther Cop? Panther Cop. Panther Cop. <laughs> the thing, do you know what's weird? In the books, um, when Jason's turned, because he wasn't born a panther, because he was turned into one, he's not. he doesn't turn into an actual panther, he turns into like this weird... Wolfman, Pantherman hybrid thing. So it's like Pantherman. So he's yeah. So he's like a big guy covered in black fur, as opposed to just being a panther. So, but I'm thinking in the show they're not going to do that because that would look retarded. A bit like Vulture, Vulture Man in in Thundercats. <laughs> in Thundercats, just a, a complete body with a vulture head. Yeah. So <laughs> a guy with a panther head. Yeah. Pantherman. Is that how they're going to do it? No, that's what that's how it was in the books. I don't think they're going to do that. Oh, in the show. That'd be that'd stupid. Be hilarious. <laughs> They were cheap and they were cheap in the show. No, I want to see Panther Man. (laughs) No way, no. Okay, now it is time for Lion of the Week. And our Lion of the Week is... Fucking Thatcher. That cunt could drive the Pope to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. You see the way we chose... We chose the line of the week to so that it was in an English accent, so we didn't have to impersonate an American accent. I don't accent. think I sounded as cockney as, <laughs> as what the barman <laughs> did. Fucking Fetcher! That can could you have the Pope to drink? <laughs> it was nice to hear hear accents from our homeland in True Blood. And I think I, I, there, there wasn't there wasn't many great lines of the week sort of nominations as such, was there? I, th- I think. Mother uh, Mother Fuckface. I think that's, that's one of my favourites. It was a good week for imaginative swearing. Yes, yes, good good week for the swearing, thank you. Anyway, on to some news. Okay, so um, uh, an excellent True Blood fan site, The Vault, uh, is auctioning a replica of the Viva La Rock t-shirt that Bill is wearing in the punk flashback scene. Nice. Uh, signed by Stephen Moyer. Not that actual t-shirt he wears in the scene, but... A replica of it. You used to have that t-shirt, mm. didn't you? You used to have that I, same t-shirt. I did have that Viva La Rock How t-shirt. How weird. That is a, yeah, that is a famous, famous design from the 70s. Designed by Vivian Westwood. Yes. And, um, I think Sid Vicious had one. Apparently. Sid Vicious did have one. I believe Adamant had one as well. Um, proceeds <laughs> <laughs> proceeds for the sale of the t-shirt go to the charity Facing the Atlantic, uh, which funds surgery for kids with facial di- uh, disfigurements. Oh. And it's currently on over $500. Wow. There's a couple of days left if you want to get bid in. There's a couple. So, so that's your fancy a bit of eBay roulette. 
<laughs> I wish I had five hundred dollars. <laughs> That's an awesome T-shirt. What a great, what a great thing to auction. Okay, so season four has wrapped, and the cast were all given fanged Rolling Stones T-shirts as gifts. <laughs> these, these T-shirts are awesome. They are the you, you come on, you know the the lips, the Rolling Stones. You know the Rolling Stones it. lips and and the, and the tongue. But with the fangs. But with fangs. Yeah, they look really cool. Awesome. Awesome gifts. And also, uh, Jessica's blog is back up and running. If you remember last season, uh, Jessica does like a little... um, She's got like her own little blog where she shares her teenage vampire angst with with people and you can send her messages and stuff. It's really cool. (laughs) So I'll put a link to that on our website. What what is the site called? uh, Babyvamp-jessica.com, I do believe. Okay, so we we can check that out. Um, if you don't want any spoilers, then tune out now. Spoilers! Okay, so this week's spoilers. Okay, episode three is called If You Love Me, Why Am I Dying? And our, our synopsis for next week says uh, Suki makes a deal with Eric and reconnects with Alcide. Mm. <laughs> uh, Bill punishes an errant vampire and counsels a guilt ridden Jessica. Jason is cast as a reluctant saviour. Uh, Tommy eyes a scam and alienates Sam. Oh, no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marnie flexes her newfound powers. Pam delivers an ultimatum to Lafayette, Tara and Jesus. And Eric spoils Suki's fairy reunion. Oh, more fairies. Oh. More fairies. Are, are, we, are we talking about normal pretty fairies or are we talking about... <laughs> we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see how the fairies are looking. Uh, it, it looks like next week's episode is going to give us more insight into how the vampire's lifestyle has been affected by the Russell Edgington debacle mm. as a vampire is caught on camera feeding. Oh, We'll find out what the repercussions of that will be. Okay, are you ready for this one? Right. Someone dies in episode three. <laughs> Who's going to die? Place your Who's going to die? Oh, we, we, got any, we got any ideas on this? I know who it is. Oh, you know, this, <laughs> this is a book thing, is it? Oh, is, it, is this a book thing? Or is this... uh, no. <laughs> no comment, no comment. Is it, is it someone, a... it's someone that dies in the books, but they don't die this early in the books and they don't die in this way. Is it an, is it an A-lister? Is it a B-lister? What we what we talking? It's someone that's appeared in more than one episode. Mm. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Okay, I believe that is I believe that is it for the spoilers. Oh, no, 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 no. We have a, we have a season five spoiler. What? <laughs> Dennis what? O'Hare, Russ Legington... Uh, Dennis O'Hare has confirmed that Russell is going to be resurrected in season five. Wow. <laughs> uh, they did consider bringing him back in the season four finale, but um, oh. now I think I don't know why, but probably I don't know. I don't know why, but it's, it's going to be at the start of next season. So it's not going to be a cliffhanger. No, it's not going to be. It was, it was going to be, but they changed it. That would be a, that'd be a fantastic <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, they dig him up. Well, he's digging his way out of the cement. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, we've, we've got some links for you. Yeah, I'll put a link to the Louis Pasteur uh, Wikipedia site so you can uh, get informed on Vampire Louis Pasteur. I've uh, got a link for the Viva La Rock t-shirt, which is still on eBay. Um, a link to the Two Guys Talking Fang Bang podcast, awesome podcast. And also a link to Jessica's blog. Yeah, so check out our site uh, for some further reading. Yes, and if you've got any questions or if you've got any ideas where, you know, where we can go with this, then... Yeah, email us on uh, godhatesfangs at hotmail.co.uk also we're on Facebook yeah and Twitter we are on Twitter as well yeah so see you there hopefully yeah join us next week goodbye have a nice week Uh, enjoy the next episode and goodbye